Welcome to the Retire While You Work podcast here in Nashville, Tennessee. We believe the concept of retirement in this country is fundamentally broken. We work ourselves to death and we miss out on so many of life's precious moments. I'm David Adams. I'm Carson Odom. I'm Miles Zuger. And together, as a team of certified financial planner professionals and CPAs, we're committed to helping free others from this antiquated mindset, using our three-bucket approach to managing money and finding creative ways to live now and retire while you work. Join us as we discuss a variety of financial topics and ways to help us change the way we think about time and money and which one of these is the true currency. All right. Hello. Welcome. Um, glad you can make it. Today, what I want to do during this webinar is I want to represent the information that we had from our first in-person event. It was a couple of weeks ago out at Richland Country Club. We had a full room. Um, There's a lot of appetite for this information, a lot of great um, idea sharing and um, questions came from that. So, and I had people ask if I could present this um, live via webinar. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to go back through some of those slides. Um, also, during this session, um, at the bottom of your screen, you should see a Q&A that should be active. Feel free to type in your question. And at the very end, and it won't take too long, I'll probably spend 20 to 30 minutes tops going through the slides, maybe not even that long. And then I'll get to your questions at the end, and I'll go through each of the questions. Um, and if I see it during the middle of the presentation, I may just um, answer it live. So feel free to use that. Um, and yeah, let me go ahead and share my screen. All right. One second. All right, well, first I wanna say this is actually, it's, it had been, so I did this a couple of weeks ago. The last time I did an in-person event was March the 3rd of 2020. And this is actually a picture from that event. Um, and that's the same room we used the other day, um, 18 months. I mean, that, you know, it was the energy I got from being in front of clients again, I, I can't even, um, I can't express how much that was needed and how much I've missed doing that. I had a chance about a month ago in Chicago at the Raymond James Top Advisor Conference to speak in front of a group of advisors, but it's not near, it's, it's nowhere near the same speaking to other peers as it is uh, your clients. So I really enjoyed doing that. Thank you to those of you who came. Um, um, we even used this picture. We made a joke. I went through and pointed out a couple of people that were um, there a couple of weeks ago and one guy had the same shirt on and then I realized I had the exact same outfit on as well. So the joke was on me. So sorry you had to miss that joke. It was a crowd hit. Um, all right. And then my team was there. Um, most of my team was there a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, we're doing a webinar today, so everybody's not on it. But I went through a couple of quick updates about our team, and I wanted to share some of those with you today. Um, uh, Carson, so there's Carson, many of you know Carson. Carson, during COVID, he was able to, uh, him and his wife celebrated their second da daughter back in March, so that was exciting. Uh, Miles, hopefully you can see my little pointer. Miles um, was married last October, so that was a pretty big event during, uh, during COVID. 
And a lot of you know, um, Julie's son, Hugo, he, uh, he turned two years old and he's honestly, he's, he's probably my size already. He is a big kid, um, but we went through all of that. So I'm very proud of my team. Um, come to the office, see us. We'd love to see if we haven't already. And then um, I went through some other updates as far as our office and things like that. We basically, we expanded our office during COVID. We used that time to look at our practice. And I really went, uh, you know, had a lot of introspective saying, what do I want this practice to look like over the next three to five years? And um, what I've learned being a leader over time is your number one asset is your people and hiring great people is the best thing that you can do. And so I've been very fortunate taking my time over the last five years to hire this great team. And so we bought the office next door. We expanded our office, added another conference room, added some new offices, uh, looking ahead, um, thinking that we wanted to hire maybe one or two more people over the next year. Um, we added a wellness room because that's something we've really focused on is just overall wellness for our clients and also our team and um, put in a little workout facility and a sauna and just just trying to make this atmosphere as comfortable as possible um, since we're here like family every every day. And so um, that's something we did. And, um, you know, again, I look at, you know, our practice and we're not a volume shop. And so what I was telling clients at Richland was, you know, our goal is to add about 10 to 12 new clients a year. That's it. And it's all word of mouth from our existing clients, from people like you. And so we, I want to hire very well, pay very well, keep people on my team for a long time, and then bring on 10 to 12 new clients a year that are likable, coachable, and disciplined, and that we want to do life with. And so I'm at a place in my career after 20 years of doing this that um, I can thankfully say I'm able to do that and kind of if I build it, they will come. And I've started noticing that's been happening. So um, thanks for being a part of that. Um, and then also during COVID, me personally, um, these are some pictures of me and my father. So a lot of you, if you are clients or if you spent time with me and I've, I've been able to share this with you, you know that my mom's been very sick, um, unfortunately, with Alzheimer's. And so I've utilized this time over the last couple of years and during COVID to spend a lot of time with my father. And we, during this year, this is us at the beach. We took two father-son trips uh, to the beach and we had never done one of those ever. So this was, um, let alone to do one, but to pull off two was really, really special. Um, and so I wrote up here on the slide, time equals love. That's something that my dad taught me when I was a kid. He would always say, how do you spell love? Or how do you, how do you spell love? And then he would spell it time, T-I-M-E. Um, and that really resonates now, basically call your parents, spend time with your parents, spend time with the people that you love. That's how you show you love somebody, you know, not gifts or anything else. And so that was something that I got to do. And we went around the room and a lot of people uh, there shared other experiences and, um, um, you know, emotional stories from their families, um, good and bad things they experienced during COVID. So I appreciate you sharing that. Hard to do that on a webinar, but um, I wanted to share some of that nonetheless with you today. Um, also, um, I, during this time, I really, you know, looked at kind of the bigger picture and said, so we've been so fortunate here at David Adams Wealth Group and growing our practice. Um, you know, what is something I can do outside of just me and outside of just a for-profit venture? And so I looked for, you know, put some feelers out to join a nonprofit and uh, this group in slavery, which is actually, which is a nonprofit aimed at stopping sex trafficking here in Middle Tennessee. Um, you know, I had no idea that that even went on that close you know, to our backyards. And so I learned a lot about this. Um, I'm, since then, I've been asked to be the chair of the Capital Campaign Committee um, and spending time doing that where we're going to, you know, build a house and a bunch of safe houses for these victims. 
And we actually received the first ever $3 million grant from the state of Tennessee to acquire the land. Now we've acquired the land and we're starting the fundraisers and different things to actually um, uh, develop the property. So very excited, you, very exciting. You've probably seen some of my social media posts. Some of you have even donated um, and followed this on social media. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, so what has happened since we last met back in March of 2020? Not a lot, right? There's this global pandemic apparently going around. Um, on a serious note, it's been, you know, people have had their worst years um, and I've met with several of those and people have had their best years financially. Some have lost people that were close to them um, due to COVID. So it's been an emotional roller coaster to say the least, but that's really been, I think, the, the, the biggest thing over the last 18 months that we've all gone through together. We also went through, I mean, it seems like it's been a while now, but the most contentious election, you know, I say ever, I've talked to clients much older than me, and they've kind of validated that they've never seen anything like this in their 60, 70, 80, 90 years on this planet. Um, definitely a contentious election, a very divisive social landscape. I think we all have felt that, you know, and talking with friends, people disagreeing and friendships, unfortunately, um, tainted because of different views and stuff. That's very sad, but that's happening. That's how bad things have gotten. Um, $5 trillion of government spending. You know, that is, I read a stat, that is like 25 to 30% of the dollars ever printed in the United States history have happened in the last 18 months. Let that sink in. That is a lot of spending and there's a lot going on. So that's the money we spent for the COVID stimulus. We also had the infrastructure bill on the table. We have another three and a half trillion dollars being presented in Congress right now that I'm going to talk about. Um, so lots of things that could impact the market long term. Um, but at the same time, record corporate profits. I mean, it blows my mind. Record government spending, a global pandemic, uh, uh, you know, a divisive landscape, but yet corporations, many corporations are making the most money they've ever made. I've never seen um, economics line up this way for my studies and business school and that sort of thing. It's really mind blowing. Um, we've seen things like with technology. I mean, gosh, commercialized space travel began just, you know, a couple of weeks ago. We saw that if you watch that on TV, um, lots of pending tax changes, some of which I'm going to talk about today because I know that's a question I'm getting a lot and I got a couple of weeks ago. We also during the last eight, this has all happened in the last 18 months. It's, it's insane. The fastest drop, um, and bear market in the history of the market. So what I mean by that is not the biggest drop, but the market fell about 33% in 34 days. It's the fastest it's ever dropped. Um, and technically when the market falls over 20%, that's considered a bear market and that happened. So that was the quickest bear market ever. Only lasted like a month. Usually bear markets are like a year or a year and a half. And since, since we last met, this was like when we met, the market was actually free falling. It was in the middle of that kind of 30% fall. Market's up 30, 40, 50%, depending on which index you're looking at just since last year. What else? I think that's, I think that's plenty. So clearly a lot has changed um, since we last met. And so there's a lot to go over today. All right, so what I wanna show you on this, on this chart is really um, that this is just showing kind of administrations, Democratic and blue, Republican and red, obviously, going through each administration and showing just the growth of $10,000 in the stock market. Basically, what I'm trying to show you here is that um, investing based on your party being chosen and into office is a horrible, it's a horrible 
uh, financial plan and strategy. Do not do it. Think about the times that, you know, I had people in my office when Obama won, they thought it was the end of the world and wanted to pull their money to cash. And then the same thing when Trump got in, thought it was the end of the world. And now Biden, I've heard it over and over and over again. And more so lately, I'll say, just because the elections have become more contentious and, you know, just the, the parties are more disaligned than ever. But the reality is, if you look at this, look at the trend. The market continues to go up. At least it makes people fools all the time that try to time it and try to guess and try to pull out based on, well, if Trump's in, then the market's going to tank or if Biden's in, the market's going to tank. It's not the way the market works. So please don't fall victim to that. I've seen that happen too many times in my 20 years. What I wanted to show here. So one thing I tell uh, clients all the time in meetings is you know, when you're, if, if you're new to the stock market, think about it this way, about three out of four years, the market's up 75% of the time. And about one out of four years, you have a down year in the market. Okay. Um, and about one, every 10 to 20 years, you have a really, really bad year. Think like 2008 or around 9-11, right? So this chart, I know there's a lot going on here, but just, this just shows the, what the market finished up. These are all the up years. You can see about three out of four times. So yeah. 31 out of 41 up and the other 10 or so were down years. And there's your normal down years. There's a big 2008 market down 38%. You can see 2002 and three after 9-11 market was down quite a bit. Those are kind of the anomalies, but generally speaking, you can see a trend. But what's interesting is even during these average up years, all these years that the market's up, you see this little red mark? This is showing that during that year, so like if you look here, whatever, 2000 and maybe 10, the market was up 13%. But at one point during the year, it was down 16%. So the takeaway is during the average year that the market finishes up, it's at least down 13 or 14% at some point during the year. So, and this year was, I mean, last year, 2020 was one of the most extremes. You can see right here, the market was down 34%, as I mentioned earlier, but it finished up 16%. So in March, you're watching your account fall 34%, freaking out. Hopefully you weren't, but let's just say in theory. And yet, if you had just not looked at it and just ignored TV, December, you would have got your statement and you would have been up 16%. Hello, Carson. Hey, and I'll, I'll add um, something to that as well. Being a good investor in the stock market is all about having the right perspective on what's to come in the stock market, just like what we roll with. And the reason why this chart matters is uh, kind of a cool stat. We haven't had more than a 5% pullback in the market, I think since September or October of last year. So that is extremely, um, that's not ordinary for something like that to happen. So year to date, we haven't had um, one of these normal on average 14% pullbacks because a lot of times coming out of COVID, we have this perspective I'll just wait until the market drops again, and then I'll put some cash to work. So the right perspective is knowing that over the course of a year, yes, you're going to have a pullback. Um, but over the long term, markets always, not always, is generally three out of four years, like David said, going to be up. Um, but know that throughout the year, you're going to have some sort of pullback greater than 10%. Um, if you don't have cash to put to work, just mentally be prepared and help yourself expect for something like that to happen and swallow it and move on and know that, remind yourself, three out of four years, the market's going to be up. So Yeah, and, and that's a good point, Carson. I mean, so expect, I mean, it's September now. We haven't had that, which is unusual, but I would not be surprised if over the next couple of months, the market falls 10 or 11%, and that may alarm some of you, but it shouldn't. 
because the market's going to come back as, as it always does. And if anything, if you've got extra money sitting in your emergency fund or you're sitting on cash that you you know, wanted to put in a year ago and you wish that you had it and you're kicking yourself for not putting it in the market. Now's, you know, that over the next couple of months, that's going to be a great time to do it. So we have a lot of clients. We keep a list of clients that tell us, hey, we've got $200,000 in our bank account. Um, we usually keep, you know, 75 as our cushion. So put us down, like when the market's down to kind of help us get that money back in the market. We have a process for doing that. So um, you can ask us about that offline, but I'll go to the next chart. But again, in 20 years of doing this, I've never seen anything like this like 2020, down 34, but finished up 16. And this next chart, this gets even more crazy. All I'm showing here in the blue is I'm showing a 60-40 portfolio. So the other portfolio was assuming you were 100% invested in stock. I don't have a single client. I don't think I have a single client that's 100% stocks. I always want to have some cushion in there, some bonds, right? So this shows more like a 60-40, 60% stock, 40% bond portfolio. That's more indicative of maybe one of my retired clients. And it shows the same story, just not as exaggerated. So like in 2020, um, their account was down 21%, not 34, but they still finished up 14%. So it was just a, a wild year. So basically, you know, and going back through all these years, we track this to see, you know, you're going to have lower lows, but you're not going to get as much as bigger returns on the upside. And that's all about figuring out your risk tolerance. Should you be 60, 40, 70, 30, 80, 20? And we talk to all of our clients one-on-one -on -one about that. Um, so what I want to show here that is, this is interesting, just you know, this is why we don't market time. What this is showing is that if you missed, so if you invested over the last 20 years, um, you average, put in $10,000, it's now worth $42,000 in the S&P, like in the S&P 500 index, right? You average 7.4%. So good return, right? If you just took the 20 best days, if you say, if you just tried to time the market and you happen to miss just 20 of the best days over 20 years, look at your return. It's almost zero. You literally missed 20 days and you had no, you went from 7% a year to zero. And you can see if you missed 30 days, you actually went negative. 60 days, you went way negative. Again, just showing that um, missing just a couple of the, the best days is catastrophic to a plant. And on top of that, usually if you miss, um, if people pull money out, like after a really bad day in the market, like they get freaked out, the market falls a thousand point, points and they pull their money out of their account, it's usually within the next couple of days that the best days come. So it's a really tricky game to get involved in. Like, oh, I'm getting scared. Let me pull my money to cash. The next day it shoots back up 1500. Now you missed out very hard. And this is how people end up getting the average investor ends up getting one or 2% return a year. Whereas somebody working with a professional hopefully is getting returns that look more like this. Um, let's go to the next slide. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that, you know, your returns at the bank and on cash are essentially zero. I remember, you know, you can look back here. This is showing if you put a hundred thousand in a savings account back in 2006, you got $4,500 a year on that 4.5%. 4, 4 That's crazy. I remember like Raymond James money market clients were getting, you know, three, four, four and a half percent, whatever. Um, and now $80 is the average $80 on a hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank. That is not very good, if that's not obvious. Um, and this is why we think stocks are going to continue to do well, even if you're not. Yes, there's a lot of government spending. There's a lot going that concerns me going on. Absolutely. Um, 
But again, the stock market has a mind of its own. Where else are you going to put your money? How else are you going to beat inflation? The cost of pork and um, chicken and bread and everything and gas is going through the roof, four, five, six percent. If you're making point, what is that point, you know, 0.8 percent, point nothing at the bank, how are you? You're, you're actually losing money. So that's important to see. Um, this shows it kind of in a different way um, that this is showing the return on stocks and then all the way down, you know, the average return on stocks over the last 10 years is near 13 percent. Um, from 2011 to 2020, and we've had a pretty good run in the market. Inflation's averaged three percent. Okay, so you can see if you invest, if you invested your money, you're averaging 13 percent with us or whoever in the stock market. After inflation, it's more like 10 percent. That's like your true growth of your dollar is 10 percent because the cost of goods went up three percent. But look what happens if you are in cash. If you're only averaging 0.6 percent, which is probably a fair number right now, and you have three percent inflation every year, you're, you're losing two and a half percent. Um, of your money by keeping it safe, if you will. Um, and even with bonds, I mean, we're barely making anything on bonds, which is why, you know, clients will ask me, well, David, why do we own, why would we even own bonds? And the reason is because we don't want to have all your money in stocks because most of our clients don't have that risk tolerance. Or if the market goes down, stays down for a couple of years, I want to have some drop out or some bonds that I can go and pull from to give them income and not have to sell stocks while they're down. And I'd rather do that in bonds than sitting in cash where I at least have a fighting chance of getting two, 3%, something like that. Oops. Um, let's see. Okay, I skipped this one. This is interesting. This is kind of showing the same thing, but in a different way. This is showing that if you have $100,000, um, this is always a tricky chart. Basically, I, I like to look at it this way, is you need, if you had $100,000 today, in 20 years, you're going to need $338,000 to have the equivalent to be able to buy the same amount of goods that $100,000 will buy today with 5% with, um, inflation. So what does that tell us? That's that's pretty scary. That's just, you know, during your lifetime, if you're 40 years old, by the time you're 60, 65, $338,000 is going to be the same as 100000 a day. So you have to grow your money and you have to do better than three or four or 5% with inflation. And the only way you're going to do that is likely with stocks. And, that yeah, and I'll add, David, to the erosion of purchasing power on the left side. Typically, we talk about returns compounding, but for the better, you know, invest in the S&P 500. There's um, it has an annualized rate of the rate of return, sometimes depending on what period, sometimes around eight, nine, 10%. So we always talk about that compound interest. For this, it's in the reverse when it comes to inflation. Inflation. So if we're having 3% annualized inflation and you compound that at a negative rate, that's what it's saying in 25 years at a 3% annualized inflation, hundred grand ends up just being $47,000 because it's working yeah. against you, not for you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, this slide, this is just a, um, not a lot to show here. This is just, I like, the, this is a 120-year slide just showing the market and all the kind of ups and downs in the market and what we've been through. Um, and you can see there's, you know, it's going through like uh, bull markets and bear markets, like the tech boom. And then there's COVID, the drop there. There's a 2008 crisis, just showing, just showing a kind of a good picture of our 120 years when you start to expand things with the true growth of a dollar looks like. But this was interesting. This is going back to, um, I mentioned this being the shortest recession. 
this is this shows in blue this shows all the bull, bull markets and a bull market is when um the market you know can, rises over 20 percent over a period of time and a bear market's when it falls 20 percent. and you can see usually the the bull markets last a lot longer um on average they last 4.4 years about you know four to five years and the average bear market lasts a little under a year right but look at this this is the one last year it was technically recorded as a recession because the market fell 33.9 percent it lasted 1.1 months that is the shortest recession in the history of the stock market um there's the one in 2008 it lasted a little over a year fell about 50 percent i'm sure everybody remembers that um so that's that's just fascinating we've never seen that and it shows that just information and trading and things and, and news and everything is traveling and happening so much faster now that you can get a year's worth of market volatility volatility can happen happen in a matter of a few weeks so if you get caught panicking and trading during that you can really get beat up because who would have thought if you had told me you know 18 months ago that our clients accounts would be up double digits and the stock market be up double digits. I would have thought you were crazy. I was preparing with my team. We were doing our risk management of our practice and saying, hey, things are going to get bumpy. The market may finish down 20%. I don't think it's going to be down 50%, but it may be down 20%. Let's make sure you know we're prepared. Let's make sure we're you know talking to clients about this and we're tweaking things and yada, yada. And we, we were shocked on the upside. And so that just, again, again, we've been doing this, or I've been doing this 20 years and I've talked to advisors that have been doing it 40 years and none of them have seen anything like this. So- that is why we adopt a plan and stick to it. Okay, taxes. So this is a big one. Here's what I do know. And again, I'm a CPA. Carson on my team is also a CPA. So we stay very much in touch um, on the tax side of the business, even though we don't physically do taxes anymore. It's very important to an investment strategy because like inflation and taxes can, can erode the growth of your money if you're not um, smart with taxes. We know that taxes are going up. We know that, um, and this is not, these are not political statements. I'm just going through what happened. Trump lowered taxes during his administration. The highest tax bracket right now, and that's not on here, is 37.6% uh, or 37%. It was a, close to 40% when Obama was in office. We think it is almost definite that Biden is going to increase that back from 37 to 40% for that, for those earning over 400 or whatever. Expect that. Um, this is the biggest one that I've seen. So long-term capital gains, this is any asset that you hold more than a year. If you're one of our musician clients and you sell a catalog, if you sell a piece of real estate, a rental property, this is, you sell your business, this is a big one. Right now it's 20%, it's 23.8 because there's 3.8% for kind of um, like a Medicare tax. But essentially most of us know capital, long-term capital gains as we say it's 20% right now. Biden wants that to go up for those making over 400 or maybe a million, it's just, it just depends to double up to 40%, um, which would mean it'd be 40, over 43%. That would be, I do not think that's going to happen. My team doesn't think it's going to happen. The team of economists on our investment committee do not think that's going to happen. I think that would be catastrophic to the stock market. Um, and I think that's just a place to start negotiations. Any good negotiations, you say it's 20, we want 40, you settle on 30. We think, you know, expect, who knows, but capital gains end up in that 24, 26, 28% range for higher income earners. I do think that's coming. I personally don't think that will break the stock market. If it goes to 26, I don't think that's good for the market, but I think taxes have to go up to pay for, to cover some of the spending. And I think that because we're expecting, or we're concerned about the worst, if we get anything in the mid twenties, 
um, the market will be able to absorb that. So more than likely that's what will happen. Um, let's see, the other big thing is, well, I'd say the biggest is gonna be the step up in basis. So this is basically says, you know, if you own a stock or a house, let's say, you know, mom and dad bought a house for 200,000 and now it's worth a million dollars. If they pass away right now and you inherit it, you inherit that million dollars, you get to step up your cost basis to a million. And so you only pay taxes on anything it grows to over a million bucks. Biden's proposal was to take that away. So that would mean if you inherited that million dollar house, you would now have an $800,000 gain. This would be very huge and affect a lot of people. I do not think this is going to happen. Um, it could, do not think it's going to happen. So our team, like kind of the over-unders and all that, like the Vegas odds, we think that 37% ordinary tax rate is going to 40. We think capital gains is going up from 20 to 20 something. And the corporate tax rate um, was at 35. Trump lowered it to 21. Biden wants it to go to 28. There are some several uh, moderate Democrat senators that like Joe Manchin that say no way, they're saying maybe 24 to 25. So expect some compromise there. And I think that's what you're gonna end up with is something around there. We'll know more of that over the next few months, um, but we don't think it's gonna be as bad as proposed, um, but we do know that taxes are gonna go up and, they, and they're gonna have to go up. And, and I don't think taxes are gonna be as low as they are now for, I can't say forever, but for the foreseeable future. So we're planning for that on our team. We're coming up with strategies. If capital gains rates goes through the roof, we're going to get with all of our clients that make over a million dollars a year. And we already have a plan that we've been building um, that's pretty interesting to help with that. So um, stay tuned on that. I know that we are. And so basically what's next? So here's just a few thoughts. Um, the infrastructure bill has currently been going through the House and the Senate. It's more than likely going to get passed probably with a, you know, a trillion dollar price tag, give or take. We know that's coming. That started with Biden had that over two trillion. They've got that down to around a trillion. Um, I think both parties agree we need to do some infrastructure spending. The, the argument is what's all in the bill, the stuff that doesn't have to do with infrastructure. They're arguing over that. So we're going to see we're going to see that um, kind of hit the uh, hit the tab this year, if you will. Plus there's another 3.5 trillion on the table. This is very, um, there's a lot of disagreement between the parties on this. And some of the more moderate Democrats are gonna bring that price tag down, I believe. There's a lot of stuff in this spending bill. Um, this is more that 10 year plan uh, that is very very partisan. And it's, it's very much, um, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of concern on both sides about this. But I see us getting an 800 you know, billion to a trillion dollar infrastructure bill and maybe a couple trillion of this additional spending. And so that's why inflation we're, we're afraid is gonna kind of run away from us and we have to be prepared and you have to have a good investment plan. Um, again, I mentioned the moderate Democrats, are they gonna get on board with this? We think that they're going to not at the full price tag, same thing with taxes. We think there's gonna be some negotiations. It's possible that there's not, but that's what we think. Um, um, most of our, these are not my personal, some of these are my personal opinions um, and kind of predictions, but these are really coming from our investment committee, which is made up of um, other advisors, a bunch of top economists at big institutions across the country. So I'm giving you kind of the consensus view, not my personal view, um, that there's likely not going to be another government shutdown. Um, the team feels like there'd be so much resistance um, that it would be hard to pull that off and people wouldn't listen. However, we are seeing this and we think we'll continue to see more mask mandates coming back, and they already are, um, and limited vaccine mandates. So probably not a government 
vaccine mandate, but more states and certain restaurants and entities are going to start maybe requiring that. So we're seeing some of that and we're seeing arguments back and forth and with the schools and stuff. I mean, this is not going away anytime soon. Um, we think that the Delta variant, that the, the, you know, that's already priced into the stock market. We already know about that. I think what would hurt the market or be a surprise would be a new variant. And there will be other variants, but a variant that um, is you know, twice as deadly or something that really causes more fear. But right now we think the Delta variant is priced in. We think that interest rates stay low. The Fed is doing everything they can and have, they've told us over and over they're, they're gonna keep rates low um, until at some point inflation gets out of control and rates start to go up. And that's when I think we're in a little bit of trouble. Um, but we think in the, in the short term, you know, markets continue to go higher because interest rates being low is very pro-government, very pro-real estate. It keeps money moving and people buying stuff. And technology has never moved this fast and it's never going to move this slow again. Somebody mentioned that in one of our investment committee meetings. And I like that comment that it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy how fast it's going, but they don't think it's ever going to go like five years from now, the, the, the pace it's moving at now will be considered slow. Um, I.e. look at space travel, right? And then we think that the housing market boom um, that's going on, I'm not just talking about here in Nashville, I'm talking about across the country. But I mean, I could definitely localize it here to Nashville was caused by a one shock to the system, meaning with COVID, you had like here, let's, let's talk about locally, you had all these people from Chicago and New York and L.A. Um, moving to places like Texas and Tennessee and our housing market, you know, prices have just gone up 10, 20, 30 percent, you know, houses getting two, three, four hundred thousand dollars over ask with no inspection, no appraisal, selling in seven day closes. It's insane. We think that's going to level out. Um, over the next year and that that wasn't indicative of the housing market to come. And this was an interesting quote somebody sent over to me. We have a country that is spending too much time thinking about government, which means less time thinking about innovation or producing goods and services that people really want. And that's very true and, and very alarming at the same time. We need to get back to individuals and also just as a country in businesses thinking about innovation and not obsessing over what the government's doing and fear and that sort of thing. All right, so in summary, oh, I gave you the answer. How do we beat inflation? We know it's coming, it's here, stocks. We have to be invested in the market. You can't be sitting, keeping all your money in fear on the sidelines, you have to do this. Um, market pullback, yes, we think one is coming. We haven't had one this past year. We think it's coming, but not a specific that doesn't mean that something's wrong or broken. It's just expected. And we think that's a buying opportunity as always. Um, and if you don't have extra cash and you're in the market, you've got your emergency fund. You've got some money with us sitting in bonds as you're padding. We'll just, if you need money, we'll spend money from bonds and cash during a market pullback and never sell stocks while they're down. So you are prepared and ready for this if you have a plan. Please tell me you heard this. Do not invest with your politics. Never a good strategy. Um, and, and it's something I've had to continuously learn and, I, and I've fought it because, you know, I've done this 20 years. We want to be able to like see patterns and predict the market, but the market makes fools out of even the smartest investors. Nobody has a clue exactly what direction the market's going on. Our value add to you is in the planning and prepping you and having all of our different buckets set up. And so, yeah, led right into that. That's what we can control is the planning and the three buckets. If you've read my book, um, The Currency of Time, or you've been a client, you know all about my three buckets, and I can send you a video on it and all sorts of talks about this. It is the, the fly, kind of the cornerstone of our financial planning. 
You have your emergency fund, which is bucket one, always have three to six to 12 months of expenses in cash and any major purchases you have coming up in the next year so that you don't have to pull money out of the stock market if we have a temporary pullback like we had with COVID during last year. People lost their job during March, or if you're a musician, you had no income, market fell 30%, you do not want to have to sell stocks while the market's down. So that's why we have a bucket one. Bucket three is long-term money. That's your IRAs, 401ks, um, that's retirement accounts. You get tax advantages for those, which is great. The downside is you can't touch it till you're 59 and a half, which is why we have bucket two, which is that middle bucket. It's money we don't want sitting in the bank making half a percent and cash in bucket one. We don't want all of our money in bucket three because we can't touch it for a long time. Plus you can only put so much money in bucket three. So that's when we have this moderate portfolio where we're trying to get you know a decent rate of return, but also keep it liquid. I, just, I could talk about that for an hour. So with that being said, I'm gonna do you a favor and I was gonna say be quiet, but I'm not, I'm actually gonna answer questions. Let me see. No way, Carson, am I reading this right? Do we not have any questions? No questions yet? I'm gonna give it a minute because that's never, I, I've never seen that happen. I just did a really good job explaining, I guess. That's what I'm gonna tell myself. And there are no questions. I was 100% clear. Um, type David, in if you have a question. David, this is Miles. I would just add too, for anybody that may be tuned in late or wants to share this with friends or family, we're gonna have a replay of this available early next week that we'll send out um, to everybody and have posts on our website. So if you wanna share it or watch again, if you tuned in late, um, we'll have that for you next week. Awesome. Thanks, Miles. Um, I'll give it another few seconds here. Um, if you have any questions, you can type it at the bottom of the screen. If not, um, always email me, call us, email us. Um, if you're a client, you know where to find us. And if you're not and we can help you, let us know. Um, but basically, yeah, build a good financial plan. Um, that one that can weather storms, the short-term ups and downs, because it's not, it's not a game you want to get involved in trying to time this stuff. Um, make sure you're not, you know, you're not um, cutting off your nose to spite your face and you don't like what's going on in Washington. So you're staying, you know, staying away from investing. That is not the way to, to get back at politics. Um, you're going to see some pretty big inflation over the next few years. So we need to have, we need to have a plan. And so let us help if we can. With that being said, I think I'm going to go ahead and end this if nobody has any questions. So thank you for listening. Um, thank you for coming um, for, for that full room we had a few weeks ago. And um, we'll be doing more of these, probably another one here in the next couple of months. So thanks for attending. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Retire While You Work podcast. I'm David Adams, and I hope you'll continue to join us as we discuss creative ways to manage your time and money. Any opinions are those of myself and not necessarily those of Raymond James. Expressions of opinion are as of this date and are subject to change without notice. The information contained in these podcasts do not purport to be a complete description of the securities market or developments referred to in this material. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but we do not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. 
Every investor situation is unique, and you should consider your investment goals, risk tolerance, and time horizon before making any investment. Prior to making an investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor about your individual situation. Any hypothetical examples are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results will vary. Raymond James does not provide legal or tax services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional.